0: Today, we continue our series on building long-term teams, specifically the importance of wading into the mess. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church and the founder of Teleo, a formation ministry for pastors.
1: My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm executive pastor at Ridgeline Church and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive support to churches
0: around
1: around the country.
0: Yeah, that was like, almost got a full sentence
1: out there. No, not quite. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty
0: rough. We are in a series uh, on building long-term teams. We've had uh, a lot of the same people around us uh, for a long time and get asked about that uh, on a pretty frequent basis, and so we're talking about some of the things that have gone into uh, building these teams and keeping the same people around us for a long season. And so in week one, we talked about slaying your dragons, dealing with the personal things inside you that would keep you from being able to retain long-term friendships. Last week, we talked about the importance of loving like it's your job that we would care for and support and nurture these relationships that we care so much about. And this week, we are going to talk about wading into the mess. Uh, if there's one thing I've learned in being your friend for like twenty six years, seven years, it's that you're messy.
1: I'm messy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And you're a hoot. I am a hoot. And uh, people in general are pretty messy. And yeah. there is no genuine friendship with people without there being some no. mess. Like you can, you you have a choice to make. You can have like neat and tidy
1: relationships. Yep. Or you can have real ones. True.
0: But you can't have both.
1: Yep. I remember actually being in so it would have been sixth grade and okay. in our library in sixth grade, there was this Garfield poster on the wall and it was a picture of one of like, your
0: favorite theologians.
1: Yeah, Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> it was a picture of Odie or Otis.
0: I think Odie was the dog.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he had like spaghetti all over himself and yeah. he had just like spilled Garfield, you know, Garfield loves spaghetti.
2: He and loves lasagna.
1: Th- or Okay, maybe it was lasagna. I don't really remember. Wow. I didn't know this I was really going deep. up against such a, an aficionado. <laughs> I, I would have checked my facts first. Anyway, <laughs> back to my short illustration. Yeah. Uh, The thought bubble coming out of Garfield's head said, friends are people who know all about you and love you just the same. Yeah. And I think that that, for some reason, that <laughs> That's what you thought made of. a deep impression <laughs> on me.
0: Well, it is true. And uh, I think having all, having argaffa
1: posters are yeah that's yeah, yeah they are yeah. All, only
0: true yeah. um we've had our fair share of mess in our own friendship and mm. as i th- think about yeah you weren't there for a lot of it uh, yeah most of it's been in my head <laughs> cool <laughs> but even as i like if as i think about the faces of the people that have been uh, with us and around mm. us for a really long period of time i can think about just different ways that we've had to do that weighed into some kind of mess in Mm -hmm. life. And not just their mess, but our mess too. (laughs) The collective mess. The collective mess. And so what we're going to talk about two things today. One is just the overarching idea that um, if you're going to be in meaningful, true, real relationship with people for a long time, it's going to mean having a variety of really critical conversations and not critical in the negative sense necessarily yeah. some of them have some level of criticality in that way but just in general there are very important critical conversations
1: that have to be had absolutely so we're going
0: to talk about some of those um and then we're going to end with you kind of walking us through how to have them oh Does that makes you're gonna
1: say we're gonna end with you crying
0: yeah you crying so, and our friendship because we're gonna
1: have one here on I the thought podcast right I
0: would on. model this in real time for us that's awesome there's that's a lot great. I've been wanting to talk to you about great good to know the good fact know. that you refuse to put All anything in your hair when oh, we, and there's on. no ever there's never you product in your hair when we do this pot like do we have to put this on video for you no. to do a little I'm bit of self-maintenance don't
1: worry about it you're
0: working on something yep what exactly are you working just, on don't you
1: worry about it <laughs> growing a mullet no i'm just saying you have my hair has changed radically. Your hair's been exactly the, the same See? since you were so 14 don't you years worry about old. It. I'm just working. On You're working
0: on something new. I am very <laughs> excited about this, and I have a feeling it's going to lead to a critical conversation. <laughs>
1: it might. It might. So,
0: without further delay, yeah. let's talk about these four types of critical conversations mm-hmm. that we need to have. Uh, the first one is if we're going to have long-term relationship with people, we have to uh, communicate hurt feelings. Yeah. Which I think. Most people hear that, and they think, like, oh, what are we, seven?
2: Yeah. That we,
0: have, that we even get our feelings hurt? Yeah. And what I would say is, regardless of whether or not you acknowledge that your feelings have been hurt, does not inform in any way whether or not your feelings have actually been hurt. Sure. Adults get hurt feelings, too. Yep. And the sad thing is, we're often too insecure to just acknowledge that. Yeah. Because we don't want to sound like babies, or we oh, don't sure. want to whatever. And so we just don't acknowledge it, and that just does not work. Yeah. You have to be willing to acknowledge when someone has done something that has been hurtful to you. You have to be willing to say, "That hurt me."
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're hearing that feeling like, "Ah, I don't get my healing feelings hurt," I think the things to think about was when was the last time you got super defensive? Yeah. Uh, when was the last time you question. felt like you needed to like uh, make this like? over exhausting case for something went like yeah. all of the, like, like it. I think sometimes if we're just real honest, when we get real worked up or real, you know, real angry. Yeah. I think if we just take a step it's back, cause our at, feelings are hurt. Yeah. At the, at the foundation is like, you hurt my feelings. Totally. Yeah.
0: And I, and I think in the midst of that, wh- again, we're going to talk about how to, how to have these conversations in a second, but this is a big one. Mm-hmm. You did something it hurt my feelings. It rubbed me wrong. It made me angry, sure. happy, sad, whatever whatever the emotion might be, but it hurt in some way. Yep. Um, and then another thing is we were kind of prepping for this. You said something good this morning that it is also important to acknowledge and have the maturity to acknowledge that sometimes it is just you. Yeah. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes just talk about that. Maybe yeah. something specific didn't happen.
1: Sure. But. Yeah, I mean, I think just because your feelings are hurt does not mean that the other person has a ton of ownership over that. So it could be uh, something where you need to practice better self-disclosure or vulnerability with Mm -hmm. the people that you call your friends so that they know there are certain things that like, immediately get, like, just hurt you, mm-hmm. and and maybe it's something you've been through in the past, maybe it's something that you need to work through on your own, but regardless, like, your friends are those people who, like, who are just supposed to know what are those things that are off limits, yeah. and if you've got your feelings hurt because you've got some of those things yeah. that you've just never communicated, yeah. like, this is an important way to communicate that to someone, to, yeah. to say, hey, like... I'm just, like, for for all intents and purposes, I'm a little sensitive about that topic. Let's just, like, can you be my friend and let's not have that be fodder for, you know, making fun of something. exactly.
0: Yeah, that's good. It's amazing how much of this does tie back to the same thing that we do learn as children, but then cease practicing as adults.
1: Totally, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, first type of critical conversation, we have to communicate uh, when our
1: feelings have been hurt. Right. Uh, Secondly. Well, and I think, the importance is that you like, I I know we're going to talk about how to have these Mm -hmm. conversations, but just back to what I was just saying, like that you come at it from a, from a standpoint of like, maybe that wasn't the intent. Maybe it was, maybe maybe you've got a friend who just kind of sucks and, but you've decided to make them your friend. Okay. You're going to have to have a lot of these, Yeah. but you still come at it from a standpoint of like, like yeah, w- what what were you intending by that? also
0: you just described the first fifteen years of our friendship where I was yeah. almost exclusively mean to you all the time. Really? Now I, I balance it out a little bit. I was gonna say I was thinking of yesterday, but no. yeah, I say nice things to you now and then I make fun of your hair on a podcast. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I'm doing publicly. Both. You, it's you do growth. it the
1: other way around. Could we make fun <laughs> privately and affirm publicly? Is that is no, that that sounds okay. boring. Yeah. We'll work, work on it.
0: All right. So communicate hurt feelings. Yep. The second one is the importance of communicating disappointment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think back to the thing that you were saying uh, a few minutes ago, like once you have clarified like expectations or someone knows an area that is sensitive to yeah. you or maybe someone committed that they were going to do something and then they fail to actually follow through on it. Yeah. I think... A lot of the time, what we tend to do is we tend to rather than be willing to have that conversation and say, Hey, this was disappointing, is we just let it fester internally. Yep. And that very quickly turns into bitterness. And it just like you seethe below the surface. You tend to probably get pretty short with people. Mm-hmm. And they're maybe sometimes even unaware of, like, what is happening there? Sure. But that's what happens if we don't communicate the fact that we've been disappointed.
1: Totally. And I think that we all have different, I think, you know, we're talking about the context of ministry specifically. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I would guess that as we talk about having long-term teams and all that, these are people who are your partners in ministry. And there are people who like uh, do tasks and and get Mm -hmm. things accomplished and do ministry and this and that. And inevitably like one of these people in your close circle, someone might leave your church because of something one of these people did. Or there's going to be like a huge swing and a miss on a Sunday morning, maybe Easter Sunday morning. Yeah. And because of something one of these people did Mm -hmm. or said or things like that. And, and it's going to be important that you have conversations about those things because I think that uh, we all have differing expectations. I think in a lot of cases, um, these people aren't necessarily paid. But when you allow them into kind of those deep levels of relationship, that doesn't even matter. You just yeah. feel like, man, we, we were on the same page. I believed we talked about this ad nauseum. You have to go through all the yeah. leadership lessons of making sure that. And sometimes mm-hmm. people just still like let you down. Yeah. And I think it's really important that that conversation happens. Because to your point, I think that that is when I think back through the relationships that I have, um, I have always mixed business and pleasure. I've yeah. always that sounded weird, but yeah, I have. Did. Uh, yeah, that's
0: okay. You got a new hairstyle going. You're a new man. Oh, man. You've all yet. kinds I'm of stuff. Not yet. I'm working on it. Oh yeah. Okay. Leave me
1: alone. No,
2: I feel you. Anyway,
1: um, but um, I think. Uh, you know I've always even even outside of ministry when I worked at Starbucks I'd you know some of my closest friends were my shift supervisors mm-hmm. or when I was a district manager my manager mm-hmm. I was very close friends with my boss Yeah, and all of those kind of things and you still have to be willing and probably especially, especially have to be willing yeah. I think that idea of like kind of nepotism or favoritism just because you have a relationship with someone I'm here to tell you anyone who knows me and is listening to this podcast mm-hmm. does not believe they were showed like special favor because we knew each other right. I think they would attest to it was probably a lot worse because yeah. you do tend to feel like. Because of the relationship, shouldn't yeah. you try harder? Shouldn't you? Wor- and and those are important conversations to have because sometimes they should have. Sometimes, uh, you know, one of the people who works for me that I consider a mm-hmm. friend made this kind of tongue-in-cheek comment mm-hmm. the other day, and I was kind of working through my expectations. And she cut me off, and she's like, well, you expect perfection all the time?" Mm-hmm. And and it was it just out of the abundance of the heart, mm-hmm. the mouth speaks. That's not tongue-in-cheek. And- <laughs> that was just direct <laughs> feedback. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was said with a, a smirk, but yeah. it was. Probably- direct feedback and but but to know that and to know like and i'm gonna always work on that that's mm-hmm. not something i'm making great progress on yeah and i think it's important that we both have those conversations sure. that that they that uh people who might report to me can communicate um this is just kind of unreasonable yeah that that like all of these things go well and i'm missing this one area and, and that i also say but I get that, and that doesn't mean we're ever going to look at it and say, well, this one is fine. You know, we somehow have to meet in the middle, and that happens through conversation. Yeah,
0: and I think it is, I think we talked about this maybe in week one, but Mm. making the decision to have long-term, meaningful friendships with people that you also do some kind of work with, Mm. our context is ministry, it is it is choosing the harder path sure it's very hard to do to use your weird phrase to mix business and pleasure <laughs> it's a lot more work but it's also yeah. it also makes i would argue it makes the work in our case the ministry so much more meaningful and Absolutely. fruitful to do it yep and and it's going to i think you know so much of this specifically this communicating disappointment it's not just about trying to to do better ministry like mm-hmm. hey you messed this up on easter sunday and that needs to get better yeah the the intent behind this is really about protecting the relationship Because if you don't have these conversations, then you
1: end up bitter and Mm -hmm. distance is bred between the two. Sure, because the other person may not even realize. Right. And they just, you know, they're picking up what you're putting down as like stank and they just don't understand. And so it just grows and grows.
0: Yeah. So we got to communicate hurt feelings. We need to communicate disappointment. Uh, A third critical conversation would be communicating concern. Mm. So these would be things like, you know, we haven't labeled most of what we're talking about, because most of what we talked about thus far has not necessarily been sin, per se. Sure. But, but definitely, I would say one of the most um, frequent threads through our friendship has been mm. speaking into that in one another's lives when there sure. is sin or even a perception or a concern of it. Yeah. So this, this would be those things that we speak into because we see um, patterns emerging yep. in a person's life that might be destructive to them or to others, uh, concerning behaviors. Yep. Sometimes you just get a check yep. you know, about something in someone's life, yeah. and I think a true friend is going to be willing to speak into those things, not just, totally. and, and do it well, which we'll talk about in a second. But, does not allow you to just blindly
1: run toward the cliff. Well, absolutely. And I think that if you're doing these types of relationships right, these are typically the people who are seeing you at your home. Yep. They're seeing you with your kids. Yep. They're seeing you at your worst. They're seeing all of those kind of, you know, when you walk through difficult seasons, all of that. And so who better? You know, I I, I would hope that we don't all behave in a way that, like, God's got to send Nathan for all of us. Right. Uh, I think sometimes it's good to let those who, like, Love us and yeah. speak into some of that.
0: Totally. Yeah. I think that's good. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel good, I would say, you know, just as one piece of feedback to anyone who might be on the receiving end mm-hmm. of, of someone communicating concern to you. It's so important to not be defensive in mm-hmm. that. But to at very least, even if I mean I've had people come, I haven't really had too many friends do this, but I've had people in life that I was in relationship with yeah. come at me about stuff that was not true. Sure. But I would say one way to quickly affirm in another person's mind that what they're saying to you is 100% true is to get super defensive <laughs> about it. Sure. Because it looks like, and they might be right. Yeah. I would say the more defensive you get, the more right they might in fact be. Sure. Because you're you immediately going to self-preservation mode. So I think at very least it's important to always say, you know what, I really appreciate you pointing that out. Th- and, and I'm going to take some
1: time to reflect on that and consider it. And I think the positive to that, because I'm thinking of a specific situation like that that you walked through, the positive of that is when somebody's totally off base, the people who know you and love you have the ability to speak on your behalf then. Yeah. You don't have to defend yourself because those are the people who know you the best and who have the ability to just say, you know, that was – I'm thinking of a specific situation where there was – a quasi type leader Mm -hmm. person who made some accusations about your character Mm -hmm. that, um, in this case, like the elder group that was at the church that we were at, we were all in this kind of relationship with one another. Yeah. Uh, apart from you, we had a conversation and just, I mean, could not more wholesale disagree with what was said. Yeah. And we had the ability because we, we are in that kind of relationship. We could speak into some of the things that, you know, you might need to work on all mm-hmm. of that. And we were able to uh, defend on your behalf mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, let it, putting you in a situation where you had to do it yourself. Yeah.
0: I wish there were more examples of that. Most of the time when people say something about me, it's usually true. Oh, that, that was one case in which it was inaccurate. Yeah. Thank God. But unfortunately, mm. there's only one example in both our minds. I don't <laughs> know what that says about me.
1: <laughs> or maybe people don't say that many things.
0: <laughs> yeah. So communicate hurt feelings, communicate disappointment, we should communicate concern when we mm-hmm. see things. And then lastly, we need to communicate expectations. And I think, I think we've even touched on this a couple of times already, but it's the importance of being on the same page about yeah. what this relationship is. I, I think this is this is like so if you have some specific function within the ministry, like uh-huh. you've got a job you do. Yeah. Expectations need to be clear for that. I yep. read, I can't remember the exact title of it, but Patrick Lencioni who wrote a bunch of those business fables Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s, has one about, I think it's called Three Signs of a Miserable Job. Mm. And I can't remember all of them, but I remember one of them, like a surefire way, no matter how much someone gets paid, Mm -hmm. no matter how much they love the work, is to have unclear expectations, meaning like they come to work and they
1: don't know how to win. Sure. Well, and the uh, Gallup group has done tons of surveying. It's what the whole first strength rank all the rules and now discover yeah. your strengths and strength finders and the number one thing an employee cares about is they know what's expected of them when they come to work each yeah. day not their paycheck not like do they have great advancement opportunities but what is expected of me and i think that that's that's something that's true in the work setting yeah. uh and not everyone works in that kind of function with the people that they're friends with in industry yeah. but it's true in the relationship setting sure. as well you have i think uh it's what i always think of the like i really enjoyed the show friends. Uh-huh. But it did such a wild disservice to that generation's expectation of relationship. Oh yeah. I mean, who has the ability to just show up at dinner time and you have extra and yeah. like and that's okay and they're like unannounced. You just like walk on. weren't in half
0: the people and, on Friends like unemployed? But oh somehow yeah, they and, have well, that massive in New York apartment and, and, yeah, in Manhattan.
1: And all they did was go to like coffee shops. And, yeah. yeah. It was it was it was horribly unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. But but it did create. Mm-hmm. I mean, the number of people that I've had conversations with that. They have this expectation of what relationship looks like, what time together looks like. And I think what's true is that if if people even got to experience that type of just up in your business all the time and everyone up in theirs and all of that um, for even a couple days, I think everyone would like, you know, cry uncle. Yeah. But because that just was painted in that show and a lot of different shows like that is yeah. such as like, end all be all. I yeah. just think that people live in this world where expectations aren't really real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not aware of actual research that's been done in in the relational setting, the way that it has been in the business setting, mm-hmm. like the Gallup thing, but you have to think there's there's something there. Oh, totally. That that, you know, one surefire way for a relationship to be unsatisfying or to be ruined is that you're not on the same page with sure. with what what the expectations are around that. Totally. And that, um, I think we would both argue, takes constant work.
1: Oh, man. That
0: that you never get to to take your eye off that. You never get to keep working on that. And I think, I would just add another part to this, is that in addition to communicating expectations, it's very important that you also pause and allow the other person to... Um, say okay to those expectations. Because I think it's, you can have expectations sure. for whatever you want and you can even write them down and email them to somebody. Sure. But if if the other has not agreed to them,
2: mm.
1: then it's unfair to hold them accountable yeah, to it. Yeah, it's not a ransom note. Yeah. Like, my friendship is on ransom unless yeah. these demands are met. That's right. not the way it works. Right. Because uh, sometimes expectations make certain relationships incompatible. Yeah. You know, and you have to determine once kind of both people come to the table and like, work through what that looks like or a group looks through what that looks like. It's, yeah. Sometimes
0: it's just not possible. Right, yeah. Some Sometimes people either want or need things that other people can't, that another person cannot deliver. Absolutely. And that is right or wrong. I, I don't even think we need to speak to whether or not it's right or wrong because I think it can vary. It just is. Yeah. And so I think always giving people the opportunity to one, understand, but then two, to actually agree mutually to what those expectations are. Absolutely. So we've talked about, Four, four critical conversations we need to have, where we communicate our hurt feelings, we communicate disappointment, we communicate concern, and we communicate expectations. You are um, and have definitely become over the years. I would argue pretty masterful at having these kinds mm. of conversations. Well, thank you. Whether it's with me or it's even as a, a pastorally in our church, You're very mm. good at that. And so we we kind of have five things that we wrote down about that. Yeah. But just walk us through that and let's talk through them.
1: Yeah, so the first one is you have to determine what you think and feel. Yeah. You, you really need to do the hard work to like sort through how you feel about something. Yeah. Like and, and it needs to start off with like am I just like cranky? Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I sleep well last night? Am I I hungry? I I mean, all, all of those types of like external, like, am I really thirsty? Right? Like there are a lot of things that can happen. You know, you even joke sometimes about like those Snickers commercials. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell when I'm hungry because I become those people. Yeah. Um, And sometimes like, you just need a sandwich. Yeah. Uh, and other times you need a nap. Mm-hmm. And other times what you don't need to do is you don't need to hit send on that right. email that you composed late at night right. that you reread to yourself about 4 times and you right. were like so justified You're so in. so righteous. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, oh like and, <laughs> and and you just like bring out stuff that's been like seething for yeah. years and and point and a, bullet points and levels like, of bullet leave points. Leave that sucker in draft yeah. and just read it again in the morning or yeah. have your spouse or have uh, another friend, and I'm telling you, the number of times I wish, especially years ago, I did not hit send. Yeah, mm, I think you'd appreciate that. That makes as two of well. us, yeah. <laughs> no, but I think, I, I think one thing that my,
0: I, I like, I think is a general piece of advice, when possible, I think to sleep on it is just mm. good because yep. a lot of times you are tired. Yep. That's not to negate, I know I, some people will say, like, well, Paul said in Ephesians, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And I would say, true. Yep. And sometimes that means, like, maybe, like, deal with your anger yeah. and go to sleep sure. before you communicate
1: it to someone else. And I would also argue, like, in that same vein, you don't always know that you're angry. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes our initial emotion is better described as a color. Yeah. Like, or you think of the, uh, uh, that in, what was it, in and out movie? No. Inside Out? Inside Out, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's a different movie. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But Inside uh, Out is one of the deepest movies. Ever but I made. mean, that, that like fire character, yeah. like all he did was like, and I felt that yeah. way. Like sometimes I think it's best to describe my emotions as like, I feel red right, right. now right. and I really need to spend some time. So I don't, I don't even know that you're violating what Paul's asked. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to always assume we know ourselves so well yeah. to even know, are we, are we actually angry yeah. or are we just worked up and we need to figure out how? Because what's
0: not helpful is when you, when you have not really done the work to determine exactly what you think and feel, about Mm -hmm. something you're going to talk about, then you end up coming at someone like a hurricane.
1: Like that character. Like that character.
0: And (laughs) it's just this like storm of emotion Mm -hmm. that is out of control and being dumped on a person. And by and large, that incites a riot. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It doesn't actually help or accomplish anything. Yep. So that's good. Yeah, determine what you think and feel.
1: Yep. Uh, So our next one is prepare your heart through prayer. And I think that um, there are times, uh, whether it be with uh, some of our close friends uh-huh. or with people in our church who are just, you know, in a bad mood or whatever, uh-huh. um, we're gonna have to have some of these conversations that we know aren't probably gonna go the best. Mm-hmm. And uh, a long time ago, I think as maybe I was even training to become an elder the first time you had like really counseled this mm-hmm. the importance of like praying for that conversation. Uh And I can just think through countless times when I really felt like I needed to have this conversation. It was going to be difficult. And I spent time praying through it. And on the other side, like the Holy Spirit had already done his work in addressing the exact same things that I was. So then it wasn't a matter of anything other than that person, like self-disclosing, like, here's how like God's been working on me. What did you have to say? And sometimes it's like, Not a lot. Yeah. No, that's good. I'd affirm that. Let's 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 keep that way of going. You know. Yeah. Totally. And um. Yeah. And so I really think just and I think also preparing your own heart and making sure that you go into it like clear minded and even some of those conversations I think it's important to like start with prayer even Mm -hmm. together and Mm -hmm. and and make sure that. Um, both of you hear each other's words and all mm-hmm. of that, for sure.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I, w- there's, I don't think there's anything I'd add to that. I just think it's important to pray for yourself. Mm. And that, I think, I guess the only thing I'd add is that part of what you would pray is that you would have ears to hear what you might need Ooh, to hear. that's good. Like, a lot of the time, it's... I should start I praying go in, that
1: part, too. You should, yeah. yeah, yeah. That Hear the feedback that's in the good. conversation. So I don't think it's tongue-in-cheek when somebody tells yeah, me I, exactly. I demand perfection all the time. Yeah, yeah,
0: cool. Yeah. cool. But I think oftentimes we sit down... And when we're having this kind of conversation, at least in our head, we believe we have the moral high ground, if you will. And sometimes you're just wrong. Yeah. And, and even, if, even if what you do have to say is valid, there still might be something totally. that you need to hear. And I would say oftentimes there is. So for I would sure. say pray for yourself specifically that you would have ears to hear, that your heart, your mind, your tone would be in the right place and that the other person uh, would be receptive yep. to what you're going to say as well. So that's good. Determine what you think and feel. Prepare your heart through prayer. And then what's the third one?
1: All right. So the third one, and I'm going to do my best not to like soapbox this sucker. Oh, God. Here we go. But assume positive intent. Yes. And if we could just all attempt that a little bit more.
0: Christians are real bad at this. Oh, man.
1: People who... Yeah. Yes. I think it's something I'm thinking about right now, especially Mm -hmm. as we go through COVID and people are disappointed in how you led them or upset that you're making them wear masks or anything like just like coming from a place where I'm assuming positive intent. I believe that what you set out to do was not to kill and destroy me. Right. And, and even if like it was wrong, even if you messed up horribly I believe that you care. Yeah. I believe that you're trying hard, all of that. And again, because this is particular about relationships and not the things that are on my mind at the moment, mm-hmm. I think looking at these people that you have invited to to walk through life with and recognize that no matter what has happened, you have to believe that, like that, they did not mean it in the way that it might have felt. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're early in that. Uh. You know. You go back to the first point of determining what you think and feel. Yeah. Um. I'm telling you, that's when, man, that's when crazy tie tie comes out. Because yeah. the, the way I think and feel at that moment is that that person meant to do this. Right. That's it. I'm done. You know. And and you get all. I mean, you're just like preaching yourself. Yeah. A little chat in your head. Yeah. And um. And I think that just stopping and being like, so what could that person have meant? And sometimes I think what's hard about relationships is a lot of times there's joking and things like Mm -hmm. that. And even like I mentioned earlier, that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks, maybe that person had something to say. And the way it came out or when it came out mm-hmm. wasn't right. Mm-hmm. But even the positive intent is that just like fell out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that people aren't accountable for what they say. It doesn't yeah. mean that they don't owe you an apology, but you still work hard, your hardest to believe like, I believe that person loves me. And I believe that I don't have all the information going into this conversation.
0: Right. Yeah. I think one thing that, that doesn't help this unfortunately, is... Um, you know the bible talks about how there is no no part of us that has not been touched and tainted by the fall sure. right so there is there is no part of our thinking our feeling our attitudes our behavior that is not that that is perfect yeah and but we make a jump from that doctrine to believing that rather than people being image bearers of god created like god with a general desire to like Love people and be mm. kind. That that we are like the devil, in, that just sits around waiting to like steal, kill, and destroy yeah. everything in one another's lives. Yeah. And 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 based on what we assume about people, that tends to be what we believe, and it just sure. really is messed up and wrong. And by and large, people are not like that. Yeah. <laughs> by and large, people are not sitting around thinking maniacally about how to destroy one another. Too
1: many Disney movies going yeah. on for everybody.
0: Just That's yeah. just not the case. Yep. By and large, we really do want to have good relationships, be kind, and we, we screw up and we yeah. sin and we hurt each other and all of that. But nine times out of 10, at least I just, maybe I have abnormally kind people around me, but nine times out of 10, there has not been an intent to hurt right. or to wound. And I just wonder what it would be like to live assuming
1: that that's true sure sure uh so our next one is really piggybacked off this one for sure so i'm gonna assume positive intent then my posture will be to seek to understand
0: this that's so different than um than going in with the moral high ground yep to help the other person see why you have the moral high ground, which sure. is what most conversations that, that have any amount of confrontation in them, yep. that's what they end up being, is totally. you sit there while I tell you why Absolutely. you're
1: right or why you're wrong and why everything I think and feel is right. Right. And 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 just a willingness to to genuinely like believe there had to be a reason, there had to be and, and to just ask questions. Yeah. And even sometimes in your questions the, the person you're talking to, I I think one of the biggest fails any of us make is believing the people that we talk to are dumb and -hmm. they don't understand, or they haven't thought anything through or something like that. And so to really sit in a place where you believe like that person probably has an answer to this question that I haven't thought of. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you know, I know myself, I know a lot of us spend a lot of time assuming other people's motives thinking through, well, that's what this person thought and that's what they've decided and this and that, and just recognizing like, and I could just be wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to ask, and again, like I said, even in how sometimes you have to ask questions, help me understand why you made that comment. Mm -hmm. Um, if somebody says that to me, what Mm -hmm. I'm hearing them say is like, I'd, I was really blown. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't seek to understand things that you understand. Yeah. So I feel like if somebody's asking me, I seek to understand question. I understand that they're coming from a standpoint of I just said stand so many yeah, times. Yeah, so many times. But they're coming from a standpoint of like, I'm not so sure about this. Mm-hmm. Like, like people aren't dumb. They get that. They get what they're picking up what you're putting down in that yeah. situation but give them that opportunity. Yeah. Like, sometimes
0: sometimes I'll even say, "Hey, when you did or said this, this is how it felt. Uh-huh. Is that what you intended? Sure. Did I read sure. that wrong? Did I misunderstand you?" Giving the opportunity for the other person to clarify something that maybe you did misunderstand. Sure. I don't even think you got to be like some sort of like conversational ninja, but right. just say, "What that's just different than, "Hey, you did this, you said this because and then you're projecting all of this totally. intent and motive into it that you really don't know.
1: And I think that if you have gone into any conversation, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with your pastor, whether it's about your church, with the end decision determined yeah. before the conversation happens, shame on you. Yeah, I think that that's not fair. Yeah, uh, and I think that genuinely regard. I mean, I can think of really, really extreme, like unbelievable examples. Um, that I don't even think of an example that, like, I mean, they'd have to be illustrations because they're mm-hmm. not even examples. Yeah. They're just like, I, I can conjure up an idea mm-hmm. that would cause you to decide this is what I have to do based on that action. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, you should really assume positive intent yeah. and seek to understand.
0: Yep. Agreed. Yep. That's really good. The last one, I like this one.
1: Yeah. So uh, make sure that you ask for feedback. yeah I think that... um. Uh, Anyone who has ever led any amount of people, whether it be maybe just your shift at work, maybe it be like dozens of people, hundreds of people, whatever, um, you know that if someone comes up to you and says, hey, I just completed this project. What did you think? That is such a much easier on ramp to Mm -hmm. providing feedback than you having to knock on their door saying, hey, so you did that project. We need to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Uh, And I think that uh, it's so important that we all have that posture and that we all seek feedback uh, versus um, requiring like being in a place where you're like, well, if it's important enough to that person and I didn't do a great job, they'll come find me. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is true in our relationships. It's Mm -hmm. true, you know, asking a friend, like, how can I love you better? Is Mm -hmm. there anything that I'm doing right now that like just is unhelpful for Mm -hmm. you or things like that, especially especially, especially when you can sense there's tension. Mm -hmm. I think that it's just such a like great move to Mm -hmm. be the one to like initiate that Mm -hmm. and also recognize like there's been times when I've like sensed it. I've asked someone, hey, Mm -hmm. so is there like, there's something we need to get into. And sometimes people aren't ready Mm -hmm. to talk. And I just, full disclosure, an area of growth for me is like, and sometimes I got to let that, I got to let people like figure out how they feel first, give them the time to think about it. Um, because when you push it it's hard and so I think I think recognizing that but being open to feedback uh, and also when you ask for it like don't then be the worst person ever when you receive it like right. if, if you've asked for genuine feedback from people you believe love you mm-hmm. and then they do something other than like throw you a parade mm-hmm. sometimes I think sometimes what we're looking for is we're looking for're fishing to, for praise yeah, yeah yeah we're looking for justification yeah like I'm right I'm looking to you know, so that when I can go and have this conversation, I can say, well, a lot of people feel this way. Right. Uh, and so what you're looking for is that kind of thing. And yeah. I think being willing to have the posture of like, you know what? like, I'm going to ask for feedback, and I'm going to be open to whatever feedback my yeah. friend has.
0: Yeah. We've, we've talked about for years that one of the reasons that people don't do that mm-hmm. uh, is because they live under the misnomer that feedback is failure. Yep. Um, And so I think the culture that we have tried to create in our relationships and in our church and on teams that we lead is nothing is ever perfect. Right. Which means things can always be better, which means there will always be feedback. And so we try to create feedback-rich environments. Totally. And that that's just okay.
1: Right. Right. Well, and I had a friend who used to talk about, like, it's not positive feedback. It's not negative feedback. It's just feedback. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was watching um, Chopped last night, that Mm -hmm. show where you, like, do whatever's in the basket, and then you present it before the judges. And in this one case, this girl had made uh, a pretty big mistake. I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. And she was sitting there... Um, being judged and they said they were like, like this just was not good. Yeah. And the girl's response was, I am so sorry about that. And one of the judges, who's like, you know, an expert chef, like stopped her and said, There's this, it's not about it's not personal. Yeah. It doesn't we don't think that you attempted to do any of this. Please don't say you're sorry on this show. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. Because they were just providing feedback on what was presented. It wasn't, and and I get that. uh, I mean, just based on the emotions on the show and the fact that you lost your 20,000 bucks and all of that, a lot of people uh, would feel it that way. Mm -hmm. But if that's not how it's intended, Mm -hmm. uh, then that's more on the recipient to work through why it is that that felt like a character assassination instead of a genuine, like you're in that case, the chefs are way better than those on the show and i believe you're going to give me help to become better.
0: Right. The difference would be in some of these relational okay. conversations that we're talking about sometimes the feedback that is personal.
1: Sure. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you did do
0: true. this and hurt me. So an apology that's would be necessary right. there. So yes. but to your i mean your point is about the larger like feedback is not failure. Right. Feedback is just feedback. Totally, and yeah. um, when but when there is a, I just don't want anyone to misunderstand what you're saying to like run sure. off with this and go. Well, I was listening to this podcast and a pastor said I shouldn't apologize when someone that's, like, that's awesome. If you suck <laughs> and you did something personal, you should apologize sure. for sure. And just we need to grow and have thicker skin when it sure. comes to to feedback in general. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's that's really really good. And again, the intent in this is we're trying to build long term. Relationships and teams, and mm-hmm. uh, that's going to mean wading into things that are uncomfortable yep. and conversations that feel messy, that rarely go perfectly, and trusting God and loving one another enough to to wait in them, to sit in them, to see them through to completion, and um, and then to come out the other side stronger and with healthier relationships. And we can both. Talk list a a long group of relationships that we've had in our lives Mm. that um, we've had a lot of mess with and are stronger on the other side of every single
1: one. Absolutely.
0: So hope that was helpful today. Uh, We'll be back next week uh, with another uh, episode um, on this topic of building long-term teams. Next week, we're going to talk about living like family Mm. uh, and how we've sought uh, to do that, especially... Our context is unique. We've got uh, a handful of families that all moved to Salt Lake City that did not know anyone here, and we are what we have. And so we don't have moms and dads and grandma and grandpas around, and so we're working hard to live like family. So we'll talk a little bit about how we do that. Um, and so until then, if you want to connect uh, with me, you can find me on Instagram at at Ryan Hugley, That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y.
1: And at Tyler Dravitz, that's at T-Y-L-E-R-D-R-E-W-I-T-Z.
0: Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.
1: See ya.